Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The title of this morning's message is called GPS. Do we know what GPS stands for? It stands for Global Positioning System. And you can pull out your phone, and many of you have a maps icon on your phone. And when you pull it out, you can push that button, and it pulls up, and it drops a pin right where you're at. And it can locate right where you're at here in TWBC. And Google Maps is really cool because you can zoom all the way in on your house. And then you can see right where you live and everything like that. And so as we talk about GPS we got to change it just a little bit, and GPS stands for Global Positioning System. But as we learned in the series called The Bridge, we also learned that we are saved by grace through faith, and God has raised us up and seated us with Christ Jesus, and so that all the blessing of God is available to us. And in the Word of God, as we found out that is our position, GPS then changed from Global Positioning System to God's Positioning System system. God's positioning system in your life. We must begin to find God's positioning system in every area of our life. And if we're going to operate to the fullness of what God's called us to operate in, we must begin to know where we're at. The first thing you have to know to get a GPS to work for you is where you're at. You got to know your starting location. And some of these new technologies have made it real easy. You don't even got to know where you're at. It just says current location. And you can click on that even if you don't know your current location. But here's the thing. The same thing happens with you as a believer. You've got to know your current location to get God's positioning system right. A lot of us, we think we know where we're at, but let me ask you, do you really know where you're at spiritually in your walk with Christ? If you had to gauge your walk with Christ on a scale of one to 10, would it match the exact number of gods that he says, I think this is how your walk is going? And so we must have a starting point that is accurate. We must have a starting point that is Correct, we must have a starting point that is lined up with God's positioning system. And a great illustration of this, Jesus gives it in Mark chapter number four. Do you remember the parable of the sower where he went out to sow seed and as he was sowing seed, he sowed one, some along the pathway in the birds of prey. God, he sowed some on the soil where there was a bunch of rocks and they didn't grow because the rocks were there. And then he sowed some along and the sun came out and scorched it. And then he sowed some in the thorns and the thorns choked it out. And then he sowed some in the good soil. Well, a lot of us read that scripture and we read that parable and we look at it and say, wow, I'm going to pray for those people who are the pathway people where the birds get it, who are the rocky people where it can't grow well, and who are people are in the thorns. But thank you, God, I am the good soil. Isn't that how we read it most of the time? We automatically put ourselves in the good soil. We put ourselves in the location where we think we are. Rather than what Paul says when he's offering the um, scriptures before you take the Lord's Supper, he specifically says this, a believer, he actually says, a man ought to examine himself. If you were really, really, really serious about examining yourself this morning, could you really, really, really say with an honest, true heart, God, I am that good soil, baby. You put something in me and it's producing a hundredfold return, man. God, you have no issues here in my life. We are good. Can I get an amen? (laughs) No, not really, because a lot of people are saying, no, I can't honestly say that. Jesus throws out four types of soils. He throws out the first one, and he said it was sown along the path, and the birds of prey came and got it, and so it was not fruitful. Some of you are letting the things of life come and snatch away what God has called you to be, and you will never get an accurate spiritual location on your spiritual walk to get a defined starting current location for God's positioning system to work. Every time you hear a great word from God, you love it in church, you come to the altar almost every Sunday, you even cry a couple tears, you get the good snot flow going, amen, thank you Jesus, and then you walk out and then the first thing you do is let a distraction steal it away. The first thing you do, you're not even out of the church parking lot yet, 
and somebody cuts you off because they left out this drive and they're supposed to leave out that drive and we know the new, the new instructions for the new drive because we had a great new parking lot and somebody cuts you off because they left the driveway the wrong way and you already lost it. And you're like, man, God, do, do these people not listen, God? He gave specific instructions on the parking lot. I cannot believe that they don't understand this simple circle drive technique that we're doing. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. And you lost it. The birds of prey have done, snatched the the joy of God right out of your heart. And you ain't even out the church parking lot yet, much less than the long line down to 2560. So call the county commissioner, get him to make it four lanes, baby. Come on. I mean, let's just get them expanding it all past the church. I mean, let's do it. Now, I'm serious about that. Y'all call them. Get them to make it four lanes. Hey, they, they build new streets around Walmarts. They build new streets around football stadiums. Why can't they build new streets around churches? Because we're growing and prospering in the name of Jesus. And so you've done lost it. And if that's you, I'm telling you, you probably can't classify yourself as good soil. But here's the good thing. Now that you know where you truly stand, God can then put you a destination and get you proper directions to get there. It's not whether what soil you are and how good or bad you are. It's the accurate starting point is what you need. And then some of you, you're going along and then the Bible talks about the rocky soil. Some of you have rocks of unforgiveness and stones of bitterness deep in your heart, and you're not willing to let God deal with them. But yet when God says, hey, I need to get a good starting place, you jump over here and say, I'm the good soil. And you stand there, it's like, God, use me. And God says, I am, but you're supposed to be here because really you're the rocky soil. But you're standing over here with my good soil, and you can't get my accurate starting location because you're really not Over here, you're supposed to be over here. I'm dropping the blessing here, but you're still out of place over here. This morning, whatever stones or rocks you got in your heart, let God begin to till them out. Let God begin to deal with those issues. Maybe you have an issue of disobedience that you're dealing with a long time ago in your life, that you did something and God called you to do something and you ignored his call and you've went on with life and you've never been really on track since. You've been in the permissive will of God, but never experienced in the fullness of God. Well, go back to that rock that threw you off path And let God deal with it so he can get you an accurate starting place for his God's positioning system to work. And then we got the thorns. Seeds were thrown and they were planted and the thorns grew up around them. And the thorns choked out the word of God is what the Bible says. The Bible equates the thorns to the cares of life. Some of us, we can't wait till Sunday morning to run to the altar to lay all of our cares down so we can have a 30-minute moment of relief and say, whoo, I got breathing room once again because the cares of life are so much. The Bible says cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. You don't got to wait till Sunday morning. In fact, the worst thing you can do is do it on a weekly basis because Jesus died for you to have a daily relationship and you're just spending a weekly relationship with him. You have thorns growing up in your life, but yet we stand over here saying, God, we're the good soil But he says you got thorns in your life that choke out my word all day long and you cannot grasp a hold of what I'm calling you so therefore God can't get his GPS even started because we're not in the right place spiritually. Then he talks about the good soil. Now some of you in here, and I'm believing all of you are really close to being there, are good soil. So say amen. Amen. But some of you have let the lies of the devil think if I admit that I think I'm good soil... God's going to strike me with lightning, so I'm just going to be ultra humble and say, no, I'm really not good. And Joel, you know Jesus said, there is no one good except God, so I can't even say I'm good soil. When God's doing amazing things in your life, it's okay to brag on God about what he's doing in you. Not brag on you about what you think God did for you, okay? And it's okay to say, hey, I am really pleased with my Christian walk right here at the moment in this part of my life. 
And if you are doing really good in your walk with Christ, there is no shame in that. In fact, you should be doing good at your Christian walk with Christ. And so God can use the good soil just like he can use the other three kinds. The issue is not what kind of soil you are. The issue is recognizing where you are at properly and soberly. And I love that term soberly because a lot of us, we look at our life with rose-colored lenses. And we look at other people's lives with judgmental lenses. And the thing we need to do is take off all lenses and say, Holy Spirit, show me where I'm at. When you say, Holy Spirit, show me where I'm at, it does me no good to say, well, Mitch is over here and I'm over here, so I must get to where Mitch is at. No, your life is different than his. And your life is different than Cody's and Damon's and April's and and Heath's and Brandon's and everybody else. And a lot of us, we compare where our Christian walk is with somebody else's and God says, don't even do that. Because your current location is different than my current location. Because our callings are different. So our current locations are going to be different. So the first thing we have to do as a body of believer, and I want you to even do it as I'm preaching this message, is for the next five seconds, I'm fixing to stop everything in the service, and we're going to ask God one question. Show me my current location. And then within five seconds, God's going to show you something. This isn't ooky spooky, and it's not going to be like, oh, an epiphany. You're going to soberly realize where you're at in your Christian walk. Everybody repeat after me. Lord, show me my current location. At the end of the service, I want you to respond accordingly to your current location. If you're the good soil, come and respond. Say, God, show me where my next step is. If you're one of the three other soils, say, God, come show me where I am in your global positioning system. Let's get it right. And if you do not begin to act upon your current location, God will never get you to the fullness of your destination. Amen? And so the current location is imperative, that being right, to get you to your destination. Because if you're trying to start out somewhere that you're really not, you're never going to get to where you're really supposed to be. The next thing is, we must begin to realize what our current destination is. This is the most frequently asked question we get as ministry staff. It's, Joel, how do I know the will of God for my life? Damon gets asked it with all the young people. Ty gets asked it with all the kids. Jeff gets asked it with all the people he counsels with and in classroom settings. What is the will of God for my life? And I can't answer that. And a lot of people want to come to us as staff and leadership and elders and things like that and say, tell me God's will for my life. Listen, we cannot hear God for you, but we can hear God with you. So if you're asking us to be God's voice to you, no, God wants to speak to you individually. If you want to ask us to hear God with you, yes, we'll join you in prayer and we'll come before the throne of God and we'll pray together and we'll ask God to reveal it to you and confirm it through us. But we can't hear God for you. And so you need to start seeking God for your destination in life. I want to read this verse of scripture out of Romans chapter number 12. And if you're wondering how to get to your destination, write down Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, okay? And Paul's saying urge. How many of you know that puts importance on what he's saying? I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God. Now, I'm going to stop right there for just a second. If you really want God's destination, you got to say this, God, I'm willing to go where you tell me to go. Because a lot of us, we want God's destination without our submissiveness and obedience. We want God's perfect will. We want God's perfect blessing. We want God's perfect voice to speak to us into our spirit. And we want God, 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 and all his perfection and greatness and glory and heaven and everything else that we always love to sing about and praise about and worship about without being submissive and obedient. So it says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. So there's even God's mercy out there to help you with this part. To offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God. 
Then it goes on to say, this is your spiritual act of worship. So if you're trying to get to your destination, the first thing you got to do is be submissive. The second thing you got to do is engage in worship. Worship is not singing songs. Worship is offering your body to God, saying, God, I worship you, I praise you, I adore you. Now listen, you can praise from a distance, but you can only truly worship in the presence of. You can praise from a distance. I can offer people praise a million miles away from here. I can offer my grandmother praise right now this morning because she prays for me on a daily basis. Every morning she gets up, she prays for us, she prays for the church, she's done it for years. She'll continue to do it, she says, every day until she goes to be with Jesus, and I can praise her from a distance. But if I'm to worship, you can't worship without being in the presence of. Because worship is intimate, praise is laud and applause. So if you're wanting to find God's will for your life, you must begin to get in the presence of God. And even this morning when we sing, we try to create an environment conducive for you to get in the presence of God. Why? Because we want you to worship him. Why? Because we know that when you worship him, if you're obedient, and then you engage in worship, you'll start finding out your destination. You'll hear from God. And so he goes on to say, this is your spiritual act of worship, and do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So God's going to change your mind, and listen to this. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want to get in the perfect will of God, you must put into practice Romans 12, 1 and 2. If you want God's perfect will for your life, it shows you how you can get there, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so that gets you on the path. But remember, GPS doesn't mean global positioning system. It means God's positioning system. The funny thing about God's positioning system is it's not necessarily an ending destination, but it is a faith point in your life. So the global or the, the godly positioning system in your life is not necessarily when you get there, your life is done. It's when you get there, it's a faith point in your life. So as, what, what do I mean by this? Some of you guys are looking at me like a calf at a new gate, like you've never heard that before. What I'm talking about is this, is when God called me to start a church here in Sulphur Springs, Texas, and accomplish things, and we've accomplished some of them, it wasn't the ending of my destination, it was simply a faith point. It was a faith point, it was an achievement, it was a marker where God says he's on the way to the complete calling that I've called him to be. And listen, the longer you're on this road with God and, and God's operating in your life and you hit a faith point, you'll start going to the next one, you'll realize there's another one out there. And then when you start going and you accomplish the next point, you'll see two more out there and you say, God, I thought I was to the end and God said, no, baby, I'm just beginning. <laughs> see, some of you think, wow, this church is doing good, it's growing big, you think we're close to the end. Baby, we're just beginning. <laughs> God's gonna do great and mighty things and I can prove this to you through scripture. Romans 1, 17. For in the righteousness of God is revealed, listen to what it says, from faith to faith, as it is written, the just will live by faith. It says, for in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So once you take a step of faith and you leave starting point number one, current location, and you start walking and you get to faith point number two, you're going to look out there and realize that we accomplished it by faith, but it didn't say you start and then go from faith and then stop. It says you go from faith to faith. So once you get to destination point, faith point one, you see point two, so you go from faith to faith. Well, then you're here, then you go from faith to faith. And you go from here and you go from faith to faith. And you go from destination point to destination point so God can begin to equip you for the fullness of things in your life. And as it goes on, it says, now if we go from faith to faith, what God calls you to start in, listen, doesn't mean that it is the be all, end all for the rest of your life. I've asked Damon to come up and give a testimony of where he started from and where God's brought him to, but no means because he's here at this point in his life does he believe it's the end 
He's going from faith to faith, and where he started from wasn't the ending of his call, but it's just a part of the process of getting to where he's called to be. I want to tell y'all something, and this is one of the coolest things that you can do and plug yourself into a church and into ministry right now. In 1995, I started walking this walk for Jesus at a family life church on the square. On the square has bugs. Did y'all know there's bugs on the square? Many bugs. And so my very first assignment from Jesus, I said, Jesus, what do you want me to do? You know, I'm born again. I love you. What do you want me to do? You know what he told me? Pick up crickets. Now I'm like, but I'm supposed to preach to thousands. Pick up crickets, little beetles, whatnot. And so I would get there early, unknownst to the pastor. It didn't matter about the pastor with this calling. I would get there early, and I would walk around this building and pick up cricket. And that's how things started, faith to faith. I had cricket faith. That's all I had that time. Come on, church. I had cricket faith. I knew I couldn't lead generations at that time. I knew I wanted to, and I knew God had a calling for me to do. But in the same token, what am I going to tell them? I had cricket faith. I had faith I can pick up crickets and put them up because it's a need in that church. I started seeing God bless that. He's like, well, since you picked up all the crickets and all the beetles, here's a little teaching that I want to give you that maybe you could tell somebody. And I'd start getting these words, and of course, I'm just going to give it. And I started giving these words, and I started understanding that God had a big plan for me. And so my faith went from faith to faith. And then I, I got enough faith to go to Bible school crazy. I'm going to leave Sulphur Springs, Texas. This is it. I love Sulphur Springs. I love this community. I wanted to be a part of this community, and God said, go to Bible school. And I went to Bible school, worked at a camp. God was awesome, doing crazy big stuff, and had an opportunity there. Have y'all ever heard of this guy named Joel Olstein? Well, Lakewood used Discovery Camp for their camp, and so he would bring, you know, they'd rent out the whole camp to come to camp. I, I was blessed enough to be his assistant at that time. His dad was still alive at that time, and, and he would say, man, when are you coming to work for me? And I started getting these grand visions of, oh, this is going to be off the chain. I'm going to go to work. Joe Osteen and all this cool stuff. And God said, no, you love Sulphur Springs. Detour, little detour. And with your GPS, how many times y'all understand, some of y'all have a GPS that's so smart, it's going to tell you even though I-30 is rocking and it's 75 the whole way, it's got a wreck up in the town above it, so it's going to send you around. So I'm looking, I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm seeing this cool thing ahead, and I'm like, thousands of people. Yes! Awesome. Get to just deliver the message on endless faith. God said, no. What about Sulphur Springs? Faith to faith. Came back to Sulphur Springs came here, I want to tell you something that is very important, and I'm not banging anybody this church looking right now. I want to tell you three places I've been in my life. That's First Baptist when I was a kid in Family Life Church and this church for 13 years. There's something that we are missing in a modern-day church, and that is dedication. We are so quick to quit. We're quick to quit on our marriages. We're quick to quit on our ball teams. We're quick to quit on everything. God did not say quit. He said faith to faith, from glory to glory. He didn't say quit and then restart. This morning, I, I want to leave you with that. I want to challenge you as Pastor Joel is going to continue this message is faith to faith to faith. And now it's awesome. I'm invested in this community. Amen? Damon was with us in the hotel days. Some of y'all don't even heard of the hotel days when we started in a hotel. 
and, and he was with us there, helped pick up ceiling tiles and, and everything like that when we had to come in, and it was a mess. And, and one of these days, I'm just going to give you a history lesson on the history of our church so you know where we came from and where we're going. We get in the body of Christ, and we get born again, and we get saved, and, and we're excited about God, and we know that God's got huge, great, mighty plans for us, but because we don't start out with cricket faith, and we don't use the faith given us, we, we say, God, I know I'm supposed to do this, but you let me down, and that's not the case at all. The case is do what you have the ability to do right in front of you right now, and then let God begin to expand it as you continue to grow in this thing, and so God can get you to your destination because as the Bible says, the righteous shall live by faith, and as we go from faith to faith to glory to glory, God wants to continue to promote you all the way. Now, here's the thing about God's positioning system. We got our our starting point we got our faith destination point but then there's something that's got to happen as you begin this process and when you begin to start this process in your life of GPS you got your current location you got your destination the one button you got to push is the route button and when you push the route button it begins to start starting route 2 8585 Marriott Drive head north on farm road 2560 where did it say go head north on farm road 2560 those directions are to a place in San Antonio. What's the first step? FM 2560. See, a lot of people leave the current location and automatically try to be in San Antonio. We forget that, God, I don't want to go to 2560. Man, just get me straight on the interstate. <laughs> get me going, 75. We forget 2560. See, the Bible says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. See, a lot of times, we want to leave the starting gate current location and end up, like Damon was saying, Joel Osteen Ministries, and we're like, oh God, this is awesome. I know the call you've got on my life. The problem is, we want to miss point one, two, three, four, five, and six of the faith destinations that'll actually get us to where we're supposed to be on Marriott Drive in San Antonio, Texas. The issue is, you can't start here and just end up there without hitting faith point destinations along the way. And so many of us, we want the glitz, the glamour, the glory, the, all the things that come along with ministry and doing stuff in the church and the recognition without putting in the time, the energy, the effort, and the dedication to when you leave the parking lot, head north on FM 2560. Well, God, I know that already. Here's the thing. When you start out your faith walk with God, this is the key. You already know the first steps of the drive. Everybody knows if you're going to Dallas, Texas from right here at the church, what's the first thing you got to do? Leave the parking lot, go north on FM 2560. It doesn't take a rocket scientist or even God to tell you that. The problem is many of you already know the first step. You just haven't started driving yet. You just haven't started driving yet. I want to encourage you this morning that you know the first step. And we already talked about it. It's Romans 12, 1 and 2. You know the first step. So do the first step so God can get you to your first faith point. Because listen, the first faith point isn't really that big. FM 2560 is only a quarter of a mile. Damon didn't have to pick up crickets for 18 years before God began to use him. God says, I want you to be faithful in the small things so I can bless you with great things. I want you to be steward uh, over little so I can make you steward over much. The problem is we think the little stuff isn't important, but the little stuff is vital to your faith destination. Now, the best thing, the most amazing thing about God's positioning system is this. Have you ever got off track in your life? Surely not. Nobody in this church has ever gotten off track in your life. Listen, I've done it even as a pastor, I've got off track. And you know the great thing about God's positioning system, it's just like a GPS system, it says, take the first legal U-turn, correct? 
take the first legal U-turn, it means you've gotten off track. There's an awesome feature in God's positioning system. It's called the grace positioning system. That when we get off God's positioning system, his grace positioning system kicks in. When we get off God's positioning system, get off the course, get off the track, get off the designated route, the grace positioning system kicks in and it starts rerouting you. It starts remapping you. And listen, God's grace positioning system is so good. If we miss the make the first legal U-turn, if we miss that, this is what happens. Rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. God hasn't given up on your destination. And even if you get so far off track that a legal U-turn isn't the quickest way anymore, God says, I'm going to reroute your whole life. I'll reroute the universe. I'll reroute everything I had predestined beforehand to get you back on track, to get you to your destination. So when you get off God's positioning system, his grace positioning system kicks in. And when the grace positioning system kicks in, it gets you to your destination point, just like God's positioning system got you to your destination point. And I want to encourage you this morning, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what type of soil you are that we talked about at the beginning. God could be telling you right now, make the first legal U-turn. Come to the altar and make it. God could be telling you right now, don't give up. I've started rerouting your life. It doesn't matter about the divorce. It doesn't matter about your failures. It doesn't matter about your issues because I am rerouting you through my grace positioning system to get you to your destination, to help you accomplish everything I've called you to do and everything I've called you to be in your lifetime. Amen. Get on God's grace positioning system. And I'm going to close you with this. Stay the course. In my spiritual life, even when I get off track and I got to depend on the grace positioning system, or when I'm on track and I'm on God's positioning system, God tells me this, Joel, stay the course. I need you to stay on the path that I've destined for Joel T. Meyer. Joel, quit comparing your life to other ministries. Quit comparing your churches to other churches. Your church is different. Your church is special. Your church is called to be a lampstand in this region. Don't worry about what Dallas churches are doing. Don't worry about what Houston churches are doing. Don't worry about what mega churches are doing. You be who I've called you to be right here, and I need you to stay the course. When staying the course, the most imperative thing is to listen to the voice of the GPS. The most imperative thing is to listen to the voice on the GPS. God said this, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. He also said this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths what? Straight. And if God is making your path straight, and if you'll listen to his voice, he will use his, glow, his God's positioning system and his great positioning system to get you to your destination in life. I'm just challenging some of y'all this morning to stay the course. Stay the course. I'm not telling you to stay the course if you're purposely messing up. I'm telling you to change the course because you're on grace positioning system. What I am telling you to do is stay the course of the calling of God on your life. 1995 is when Damon started out. He knew when he started picking up crickets that God had greater things for him than picking up crickets. And I'm sure Damon could go to God and ask questions. God, I don't understand why you have routed me in this certain route to get me to my destination. I've asked God, God, why are you routing me in this certain route and making me hit this faith point and this faith point when I don't really see the necessity in it at the time? And God says, stay the course because what I'm equipping you to do is be something amazing in a generation that needs something to look to. And some of these things where I'm thinking, God, this faith point that I'm touching is not on the correct path to my destination. This is what God says. Maybe this faith point isn't about you. Maybe this faith point is to start somebody off on their faith point. God had a faith point that wasn't about him. 
He sent Jesus Christ to this earth because he knew that somebody in this building this morning needed to find their current location. You need to find your starting place. Your starting place is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ was put on the path to his destiny, I'm sure he wasn't appreciative of the faith point of the crucifixion. But the faith point of the crucifixion was crucial because without the faith point of the crucifixion, the resurrection wouldn't have been possible. Redemption wouldn't have happened. The blood of Jesus would not have been shed. And then the destiny of Jesus Christ could have never come into fruition without the faith point. That one faith point wasn't about him. It was about you. I need you to get in on God's positioning system. I need you to find your current location. 